<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hill Varsity Club is opening in Omaha this May and is hiring for all hospitality positions. Do you love elevated food, exciting events, and having fun at work? Join our team by applying today at HillVarsityClub.com. Hill Varsity Club will feature a next-level mix of classic sports bar favorites and contemporary creations with indoor and outdoor seating and memorable live events like live music and sports watch parties. We can't wait to grab a burger and a beer at HVC this May. Apply for all front or back-of-house positions now at HailVarsityClub.com. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen where food, fitness, and mental health come to hang out. Nutrition, training, and life. It's all fair game on MTK, Meathead Test Kitchen. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, a podcast where food and fitness come to hang out. I'm Sasha. I'm Sadie. And today is a day where you become a master of the bulk. We're going to finish explaining the bulking process that we had on last week's episode. So if you missed that, bulking part one, what the fuck is it? Um, today though, we're going to finish explaining the bulking process so that you can be a jacked God or goddess next summer. If you would like, we're going to talk yes. about taking measurements, executing your bulking plan and training to accompany your bulk. Yes. All and very we, important. Very important. We say next summer, because as we mentioned last week, bulking is a process and mm. it is not a short one. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can take six months. Sometimes it can take 12. Sometimes it can take 18 or 24, depending on what your goals are. So if you yeah. didn't catch that conversation, hit pause on this week, go listen to last week and then come back we'll be waiting here for you it's fine we're not mad Uh, (laughs) it's like fall now so you've got perfect timing yeah if you're listening actually perfect timing for us like pat on the back perfect timing you know what goes best with a bulk hoodie season hoodie season winter you're not fucking going if you live in the midwest you're not going anywhere no and if you are you go out wearing a hoodie that doesn't match the sweatpants you're wearing with socks and sandals to go to the gas station (laughs) exactly fuck it (laughs) fuck it.com fuck it (laughs) we're all cold and miserable so we're dressing like we're fucking rolled out of a trash can who gives a shit (laughs) whatever here we are i make it a goal sometimes to leave the house looking like as much of a potato as possible to see if men are still gonna hit on me (laughs) and they do and they do it doesn't matter how many days it's been since I shaved my legs. They'll still fucking hit on you. They don't care. The first part of this dis- this discussion today, we're going to talk about measurements. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about measurements before. We think they're super important when it comes to the whole fitness journey and nutrition. I mean, measurements yeah. are super, super, super important. End of story. It's essential to know your measurements while you're bulking, though, because the scale never tells the whole story in general, mm-hmm. but especially not during a bulk. Yeah. Because... You're going to fucking hyper-focus on that number so much on the scale, and it's just going to beat you down. So we're going to talk about more of that in a minute, the psychology behind that and why you shouldn't do it. Um, So why are these numbers so goddamn important? They're good markers for progress when the scale's useless. And like we said, the scale is super fucking useless in a bulk because you're purposely eating in caloric excess Mm. to gain weight. Obviously, the number on the scale is going to go up. Yeah. And that's like a recipe for frustration. If Mm -hmm. you're just focusing on the number on the scale 
you don't have any other data to back up everything that you've been doing, you might quit your bolt. So instead of getting frustrated by the number on the scale, because it is going to go up and get bigger while and while you may not notice the changes in your body because they are happening. Yes. Uh, measure every two weeks. That's especially in the beginning at first, just to see if the caloric value that you've set that's over and above in your excess of calories, calories, <laughs> um, to see if it's working, you'll want those every two weeks. And then after yeah. that, do it once a month. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you do have to take more measurements in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the curse of the process. Um, there is a lot of front end information that you have to know. Um, so yeah. you do have to take a lot of those metrics yourself and it can get frustrating. It can be annoying sometimes try to just put it as a reminder in your calendar and fucking forget about it for yeah. two weeks. Don't yeah. focus on, well, shit, next Wednesday's weigh-in day. I better not eat this brownie. Fuck that shit. You're on a bulk. First of all, eat the brownie. Even if you weren't on a bulk, if your brain says, eat the fucking brownie, eat the chocolate, please. Yes. <laughs> it's wild out there. Eat the chocolate. Um, but yeah, don't measure obsessively. It's a mind fuck. It's not going to help you in any way, shape, or form. It's going to frustrate you. It's going to make you feel worse about mm-hmm. yourself when you shouldn't be feeling bad about yourself because you're putting on weight to add muscle mass. Right. Adding muscle mass is really fucking difficult. Yep. It's really fucking difficult. And it's also hard to see. Yes. You can't just look especially, in the mirror. Especially if you have tattoos. Oh my gosh. We don't talk about that enough either in yeah. fitness. If you have tattoos, your gains are almost fucking invisible. Yeah. You're not going to see the definition Unless that you would if you didn't. Huge. And or, and or cut, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just... we say this every week I feel like on the podcast you live with yourself you Mm -hmm. see yourself every day if you choose to look in the mirror you're not going to notice the difference from yesterday to today there probably really isn't one in a day's time but over several weeks you're still looking at yourself in the mirror every day just because the scale says one thing you're not going to know and actually have a point of reference unless you're actually taking those measurements fun social experiment if you don't believe us If you're starting your fitness journey, go make it a point to hang out with a friend now Mm -hmm. and then wait like a month or six weeks and then go have coffee with that friend again. See what they say to you. I guarantee Mm. you the first thing they're going to say is, holy shit, you've changed. And you'll be like, what? You've been working out? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. So if you don't believe us, you can do that social experiment (laughs) yourself. Like don't do it in a bad way. Like don't fuck with your friends. But like if you, if you don't trust like that you see yourself every day and that you don't notice those differences, the only way sometimes you can convince people is to be like, well, go test it yourself. Yeah. Go find out. Exactly. So you don't have to take our word for it. You can, I don't know if sometimes you should, but (laughs) in this experience, in this, like, yes, you should. Um, but they will, they will notice those changes because I I remember what it felt like the first time someone said that to me after I didn't see them for a couple of months. They're like, mm-hmm. holy shit, dude, what happened to your arms? And I'm like, what was wrong with them? They're like, they're fucking cut. And I'm like, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I try hard. Um, measurements again, back to that. Holy shit. We went on a fucking tangent there. Kind of relevant. Um, you need to take your measurements. You need to make sure you're doing them correctly. Um, mm. So we're going to help you figure that out. You can find other videos online too if you need a visual. We're There's not going to do yeah. Too. We're we're not going to do the full visual with the podcast because we don't put the whole podcast on YouTube. Um, but we're going to start with your hips. So when you do your hip measurement, you need to hold the tape right across the pointy part of your hip bones. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm doing it, you can't yeah. see it because it's behind the table. But if you're sitting, it's right above where your legs rest as you're sitting on your torso. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to you want to hold the tape real nice and taut, not too tight though. Um, just so that it's comfortably like around all of your body, take that measurement and you want to go from where the little metal piece overlaps. You want to overlap it and then 
you'll take that measurement, write it down. Mm -hmm. If you don't trust it, take it more than once just to make sure you're doing it correctly. It does take some getting used to taking measurements properly. And if you need help, ask somebody to help you. Yeah. That your, your roommate, your best friend, your significant other they're not going to take like your inseam measurement so they're right. not going to be all up in your crotch or anything no. like that like it doesn't have to be awkward it's only awkward it, it sometimes <laughs> things are only as awkward as you make them and yes. i have learned that completely <laughs> um after you do your hips do your waist um when we talk about doing your waist though we're not talking about where your jeans sit on your waist mm, that's not your waist unless you're wearing high-waisted jeans right your waist is where you're you're going to take your waist measurement where your belly button is so you're going to put that tape over your belly button and you're going to measure around that way your chest, same kind of story. You're going to hold it flat across your back and you're going to measure across the fullest part of your chest, usually the nipples. But yeah. I said that to Phil last night. He's like, well, what if you've got saggy nipples? I was like, well, if you're wearing a bra. <laughs> but you don't, you also typically don't want to, like you want to be as naked as you can be yeah, when you're except, taking these measurements. Except if you do have saggy boobs, you want to be wearing a bra. <laughs> I will say or, that. It makes it easier. Or the fullest part of your chest. Yeah. It doesn't but- have to be the nipples. No. The fullest part of your chest is the same thing, even I mean, if regardless of how they hang. Anyway. <laughs> saggy boob 101, if you didn't know. If you're a girl that has naturally big boobs, you fucking understand saggy boob 101 already. That's <laughs> um, not a story for another day. But anyway, uh, do your biceps. You want to pick the fullest spot of your biceps. So the spot where it's the biggest around. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to flex, but you want to kind of just like bring your arm up to 90 degrees so that that bicep is a little more full and it is flexed a little bit. Um, Your thighs, you want to make sure that you measure far enough up that you get your hamstrings into your measurement. You don't want to measure down by your knees. No. Um, You want to get it probably, I usually usually say say like three. Between your hip and your knee. Yeah. basically maybe a little higher up towards I it's towards like the hip it's like a quarter way down from where your hip crease is yeah. is what I usually do yep. um so if you can envision that it's like halfway up your femur go to where your hip crease is meet in, in the between, middle yeah take your measurement there um calves they're just like biceps you don't have yep. to flex it but make sure that you do have your foot flat and that you're standing um and then pick the fullest part of your calf yep so measurement 101 there's a crash course on how to do it I just had a bug fly into my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can get a little measuring tape at mm-hmm. any like craft store for Target less than five a, bucks. Yeah. They're pretty cheap and inexpensive. You don't need like an actual tape measure. You just need like a clothing measurer. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't think about that. There are a couple different measuring tapes that you can get for your body metrics. I prefer the craft one because yeah. I think it gives the most accurate measurement. You yeah. can get the ones where it has the little plastic slider pin that goes in and then you hit the button, it tightens up and it gives a measurement. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of those because they're it's not, really, they're not, I don't feel like they're as accurate. Like they're not made by the same place all the time. Like sewing stuff is made to be very precise. Yeah. Like it's marked precisely. Not only that, but the pin, especially if you're doing this by yourself is really hard to actually get an accurate measurement by yourself. Yes. You have to have somebody help you with yep. that. Um, but if you want something easy and you don't want to have somebody else have to do this for you, you know, craft measuring tape is perfect. Yeah. Um, and they have one that's like round and it has like a little clicker on it, or you can get the actual just like flat out measuring tape. It doesn't matter. They work really well. And they wad <laughs> very nicely in a drawer and take up no space. They <laughs> certainly do. Um, the next thing that you have to think about is execution when you're bulking. I don't know that if you noticed yet, but there's a lot of planning and prep <laughs> that goes into fitness overall. Uh, the setup sometimes is the most difficult part. Um, so now that you're done with the planning and you're measuring, what's next? It's time to execute your plan. Yeah. And this is this is where the fun part happens because this is the part where you get to start eating all the food you've been planning, you know? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. like. Um, so to start your your execution plan, meal prepping. Meal yes. prepping helps a lot. Uh, we discuss meal prepping at length in episodes seven and eight. Two-parter. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't binged season one yet, again, hit pause quick. Go listen to meal prepping and then pick this episode back up. <laughs> Feel free to do that whenever like yep. we reference an episode and you haven't heard it. There's a reason we do that so that that way you can go listen to that. Hit pause on this episode and you the beauty of or podcasting. finish this one or and then go back and, and go binge back. them. I'm the kind of person that I'll hear somebody talk about it, though, and I'll pause and then I'll go back to another one yeah. and then I'll catch up. So like we set it up so that it's easy to understand and easy to follow. So if we have a reference an episode and you need to like, you know, catch up. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we make them for a reason. Um, so yeah, if you haven't binged season one yet, episodes seven and eight are all about fucking meal prepping. And we talk about meal prepping a lot in season yeah, one because we kind of set the first part of season one up as like a crash course to fitness if you've never done it before. And I feel like we still get a lot of beginners just because of the way that we explain things, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. Hi, welcome. I hope you are going to start your fitness journey Please because stay. you listen to our podcast. <laughs> like it's great once it stops sucking. <laughs> um, so we, we've got you in the meantime. Um, um, the quick and dirty on meal prep, bulk cook your proteins and starches. Mm. Um, do you have an instant pot? Do you have a crock pot? Those are going to make your life way easier when it comes to bulk cooking starches, especially the instant pot. Like I can throw any amount of rice in that yeah. with the same amount of water plus like a half a cup. I hit the rice button. I turn my little dragon head steamer like release valve off and I fuck off for 20 minutes. Right. I come back and I have perfect rice. Yeah. For Make sushi, it as easy as anything. possible as you can on yourself. Yeah. And it, that's one of the easiest ways to do stuff like that. Um, Instant pots are awesome. Once you're done being afraid of that, the lid might blow off of it. The lid's yeah. not going to explode it. Like it's not going to fly into your fucking ceiling. Like no. you saw on Reddit. <laughs> that's a stovetop pressure cooker. Those will do that more often. Instant pots are far safer. So bulk cook your proteins and your starches. If you don't have an instant pot, they're super cheap. Um, you usually can get them for sub a hundred bucks anywhere, mm-hmm. depending on the size. Um, buy steamer bag veggies to make fast, tasty, easy, easy veggies with all of your meals, because spoiler mm-hmm. alert, you're going to have to eat a lot of vegetables. You're going to want to eat a lot mm-hmm. of vegetables. The sheer amount of protein that you're consuming. I know that we talk about pooping and fiber a lot on this <laughs> podcast, but that's because in order to be successful and if you want muscle gain, you have to eat a lot of protein. In order to break yeah. that protein down properly in your guts, you need to eat fiber and fiber is found most commonly in vegetables. There's if, other things too, but it helps you poop it out. It does. It does. In if a constructive way. Poop it out. That's a new, that's going on a t-shirt. Just poop it out. Just poop it out. It's like when I was a little kid, I'd go swear it out downstairs. Yes. Um, so yeah, you like, if you've never hung out with a vegan or a vegetarian that has started eating meat again, they will tell you like, oh my God, dude, meat shits are mm. the worst because when you don't eat that much like you're not used to eating animal protein and your body goes back to that yes they're still eating vegetables but they're eating more meat now so they might be eating less vegetables so they're not getting that fiber and there's this weird bodies are weird fiber helps you (laughs) fiber also helps you properly digest all of that stuff but it also helps you soak in the micronutrients and the macronutrients and we also spend an entire episode on that but Fiber is important. Also, if you don't like being constipated, you should eat your fiber. Yes. And for women especially, that is a big fucking problem. I'm not saying drink Metamucil because Metamucil tastes fucking disgusting, or at least it used to when I used to have to drink it. Mm -hmm. But um, ladies, you need to be eating your fiber. Like I I bet that if you're not paying attention to how much fiber you're eating, you're probably not eating enough. Yeah. So that is something that should be on your radar. 25 grams a day 
for an adult human being. Yeah. Just so you know. And guys, not to like, I know guys get constipated too, but constipation yeah. generally is like, if you have ovaries, constipation is a thing you fucking deal with constantly. Yeah. So if you needed a little feather in your cap for not being a woman there, yeah. that's it. That's, yeah. that's the only one. Yeah. As if, uh, as if being a girl, you know, there's enough <laughs> things that didn't suck. That's another part of it that sucks sometimes. Lunch meat is also going to be your best friend. Oof. Yes. For real. Yeah. Like I buy lunch meat by like several pounds at a mm-hmm. time, especially because it's quick. It's easy. You can cram your face hole with it. If you're, if you probably going to be low on protein that day. Somebody asked about Fairlife milk, by the way, the other day. Fairlife in a is, pinch yeah. is one of those, Fairlife in a pinch, great for your protein. Yeah. Deli meat in a pinch, great for your protein intake. You also want good storage containers. Yes. It's pretty, um, pretty important, I would yes. say. They cost more on the front end, but ultimately they're worth it and you don't have to rebuy stuff in like six months. Yeah. Especially if you spend the money to get good ones or glass because the container can crack because you dropped it. It's plastic. It doesn't last very well in the freezer. If you're freezing stuff, that leads to cracking. It doesn't melt in in your fucking dishwasher because you didn't put the lid right in there. Yeah. um, The other thing about those plastic, like, and I, this is the one that's envisioned in my brain right now that we're talking about, the ones with the black bottoms and the clear tops that you get from like food service when you get food service meal prep. Yeah. Um, Those are great at first until they're not because they suck up the smells of the food that you've been cooking in them for the last four weeks Yeah, because you've been cutting in your knife and you know, like you, Mm. you get abrasions in that plastic and that'll start sucking that shit in. I have some glass ones. They're really nice. I got them at Target. I think they were like 30 or $40. There's five Mm -hmm. or six of them. They're about... Mm-hmm. They have ranges of sizes, though, too. They do have ranges of yeah. sizes. The ones I have in particular, though, are like a medium-sized meal prep container. Mm-hmm. So it's like three inches tall, probably four by six. Yeah. Or four by seven, something like that. They've got snap-top lids. They are glass, so they're heavy as fuck. Um, but they also have a rubber thing on the bottom, so they don't slide around. Yeah. And if you don't cook or you don't like to cook, meal prep services, there are a bazillion of them. They are totally allowable. If they are in your budget, go for it. Mm-hmm. If they make your life easier go for it. Not everybody has the money to throw out meal prep services, but if you do, a lot of times they're worth it if you're a busy adult human with lots of shit going on. I was going to say too, it's not even a caveat, but like, I think that there's a misconception that meal prepping costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time. It does take time, but I feel like my time is more valuable in investing my time in that than paying for, well, a food prep service isn't always in the budget for everybody. Right. But if you work it into your routine, it's really not that difficult. No, it's not. You're just setting aside time. It's like you can watch Netflix for an hour. Okay, then you can not watch Netflix for an hour that day and meal prep. Or you're like me and And you you have an open concept kitchen where you can see your 65-inch flat screen from (laughs) your counter while you're cutting your vegetables. Just don't cut your fingers, please. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, meal prep is totally totally one of those things that you're going to get from it what you put into it. Yep. I'm one of those people that is very conscious of what their time is worth. I've been one of those people for a long time. My time is fucking worth a lot of money. I have a lot of shit going on. I am very specialized in an industry where we're doing a lot of things. Like, you know, like my time, it's like, is this worth $50 an hour to me? Because that's my rate when I do things. Like, if it's not worth $50 an hour to me, I'm not going to fucking do it. Mm. 
in the long run, prepping it, my food totally fucking worth fifty dollars oh an God. hour to me. Yeah, for me well, even like. And if you put in an actual breakdown, like yeah. we could maybe just do a specialized video on this, like a cost breakdown of mm-hmm. what it costs to buy a big ass packet of boneless, skinless thighs. What it costs for a box of rice. What it costs for fucking a bag of steamed veggies. That right there is a is meals for several meals for a week. Those three things off Ends the top of your like head. Three bucks a meal. Yeah, I think if you go to like a bulk store, like a Sam's or a Costco or whatever, if you live on the coasts or you know, I don't know what bulk stores they have outside of Sam's and Costco, but Sam's, Costco are fucking everywhere. Mm. Um, so like, I have a Sam's membership right now. Uh, boneless, skinless thighs are going to run you about two or three dollars a pound. Mm-hmm. And you usually get between eight and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're probably going to end up paying maybe 10 to $12 for that thing of chicken yeah. for fucking eight to 10 meals. Yeah. Um, a bag of a four pack bag of steamer broccoli is going to run you about six or $7. And the bag of rice, depending on what kind of rice you get, I like sushi rice. So um, I'm a big, we don't have a very good rice selection in middle America. Let me just say that. Um, I miss my Puerto Rican sayo rojo fucking short grain rice. Short grain rice is the shit. That's what they make sushi rice with. And if you have an instant pot or a rice cooker, short grain rice is awesome because it gets all gluteny and sticky. And mm-hmm. if you're, if you don't do gluten, you can't do sticky rice, but, um, Short grain rice is awesome. It goes with everything. You could put Mexican food with it. You could put Asian food with it. You can eat it on its own because it's nice and sticky. It doesn't get all dry and weird. Yeah. But if you don't fuck with making real rice, instant rice is totally fine. It's going to be way cheaper. Um, a big box, I think, of like boil and bag rice is usually two bucks. Yeah. So those fucking three things Sasha just mentioned is like $20 total before yeah. taxes. And that's like eight meals probably. Yeah. yeah. I just got real nerdy about groceries. Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, what are you going to eat? You can you can have honestly whatever you are going to be able to commit to eating for a couple of days in a row. Yep. Let's be honest here. Like, I'm not going to tell you you have to have chicken or you have to have broccoli or you have to have naked ground beef on rice. Like, as long as it's clean ish for the most part, because again, you are bulking. You can indulge a little bit. As long as it's mostly clean, it's actual food, and it's not fucking packed with preservatives eat it yeah that's that's my personal rule like people are like well what do you eat and I'm like honestly if I make it myself from scratch I'm gonna fucking eat it yeah for sure french fries I'm gonna make them from my from scratch I'm gonna deep fry them is it the healthiest thing no but it's still a fuck ton healthier than if I had gotten fast food right like you have options. You do have all options. We're saying. Like Rice, you- sweet potatoes, bread, potatoes, protein waffles, like pancakes. Those are all good carb options. Yeah, for sure. I mean, eggs, tuna packets. Mm. Oh, I love tuna packets. I love me a tuna packet. Because they're easy, simple. You rip the top Fucking off and you shove it in your face. Dump it in. Yeah, you, don't even, have to need a, you don't even need a fork. <laughs> Rotisserie chicken, burgers, meatloaf, chicken breasts, turkey hot dogs. I mean, if you want to go full flavor hot dog, cool. I like Whatever. turkey hot dogs because they're usually a little more macro friendly. Yeah, well, there's a lot of fat in a in a beef or whatever. Yeah, the they're tasty. Pork, pork and other things, oh, hot dog. They're so um, good. They're so good, though. And again, our, our friend Lunchmeat is making another appearance. <sighs> we they're love easy. Lunchmeat. Grab I've, and go shit, dude. Dude, if you know us in real life um, and you, like, come hang out with us while we're working, there's probably a fucking really good chance that one of us has a fistful of lunch meat <laughs> at some point that we are just eating straight bear sad because i left my bag of lunch meat at work <laughs> oh i hope pat doesn't eat your lunch meat while you're I, will, <laughs> I will cut someone's hand off uh, i need i need that. our coworkers are all scared of us nobody would steal your lunch meat out of the fridge they did once 
I don't know where that person is. <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> when it comes to fats, use them. Um, always use them. I mean, yeah. you need fat in your diet. We've talked about that before, too. There's an, a whole episode we did about dietary fats, which is... I think in between the protein and the carb episode, somewhere yeah, in like the first 15. They're together. They're somewhere over there. But when it comes to fats, you want to be mindful of how much you're using. Um, yeah, you're upping your food intake, but don't sabotage yourself by using bad portion sizes just because you can. Like, right. yes, you're eating more food. You're upping your calorie intake, and you're probably also going to be, as a whole, upping your fat intake because you're upping your carbs and your protein too. Yep. But don't use shitty portion sizes just because you can. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest just like going willy nilly with a whole thing of butter and being yeah. like, eh, I'm on a bulk. I don't need to measure this. Do you know how much a serving of butter is? Because it isn't much. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, when it comes to bulking, like you don't necessarily have to be super stringent about weighing your carbs and your protein, but you should be very aware of how much fat you're mm-hmm. using because that's going to suck to ramp back down when you have to come off of that bulk. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Because when you're cutting, spoiler alert, the first things to go are carbs and fat. Yep. Your protein will stay up there because you've put on the muscle mass to maintain eating that much protein. Yeah. But like with anything, if you're you're bulking, typically your protein is going to stay the same based on how much you weigh. Your body weight. Yeah. Yeah. But your carbs and protein are the things that you're splitting the calories between. You're going up 200 calories. Cool. You want to go up a hundred on each. Cool. It looks about this many grams of carbs. It looks about this many grams of fat, but you're almost always splitting them between. So the first thing to go and the first thing you need to ramp down with are carbs and fat. Usually fats. Yeah. Usually fat. Cause you want to you need the carbs for you the, need the carbs to, for the movement, you know? So like you're going to be eating and this is where we talk a lot about like seasoning your food. Uh, we're mm. going to talk about a cut later. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do a whole episode or two about that as well, because it's just like the bulk. People don't understand the process sometimes. Like, yeah, it's like, well, I know I need to cut fat, but how? And then um, people do it and they don't do it right. Yeah. Um, so don't percentages and grams. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It can be a lot to explain, but macros in general are confusing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people get hung up with the values. It is. Yeah. Yeah. They just are sure. like, I don't know what this all means. And it's yeah. like, it's this. Um, so you're, you're upping your food intake. Don't use shitty portion sizes yeah. with your fats, please. Just yeah. to reiterate that also counts with your coffee creamer mm. or the cream that you add in your coffee or the milk that if you're adding milk, milk is a little less nefarious, but especially like sugar in your coffee. Everybody loves when they can have coffee on a bulk because it's got a fuck. Right. I love coffee Put on a bulk. Put some fucking butter in your coffee. Because, and oh fuck God, it. that's an old people Midwestern <laughs> thing. Like, I wish people think that bulletproof coffee is so fucking cool and trendy. And it's like, you know where that started? Old people putting pats of margarine in their thin ass shitty black coffee from church. Yep. That's how that started. <laughs> so I hope I just ruined that whole fucking glamorousness of bulletproof coffee because it's bullshit. But, <laughs> um, but one of my favorite coffee drinks on a bulk is a flat white with um, turbinado mm. sugar in it because oof, heavy yeah. cream and brown sugar in a cup of jet fuel coffee. Oof, hello. That sounds like a gut bomb. Dude, it's like a sexual experience. It's so fucking good. A gut bomby sexual experience? I mean... Sometimes. It feels like that. I mean, if you if didn't get your if car, if you didn't get your fiber in, have one of those, and you'll be straight yeah, on the shitter for sure. For sure. <laughs> if you didn't get your morning poop in, have a flat white with jet fuel coffee <laughs> espresso, and uh, that's usually that's usually how I make sure I get my morning shit in. Is because I have coffee. And then I get the coffee shits. So you get your morning shit in, but mm-hmm. how often should you be eating? Yeah. Um, your morning shit's very important, by the way. <laughs> um, anyway, how often should you, it is. It is. How often should you eat? 
That depends. I yeah. mean, most places online are going to say you want to eat four to seven times a day. What it really depends on is you. How much can you tolerate eating at one time? For real. Like, that's what it comes down to. It is. And if you have to break it up into more smaller meals, if you have do to it. eat nine snacks during the day to get through your bulk, that's okay. Like, do it. Do what, what works I have to do. for you. Yep. And like I said, just like any, anything else on this journey, mm-hmm. it's it's up to you. Yeah. Get your caloric surplus in however that looks like for you to get it in. Yeah. Um, that's, that's another thing that I think people get hung up on a lot too, is they want like a prototypical example of how to do things. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. There's the law of individual differences that we're going to talk about when we discuss hypertrophy in a few weeks, but the law of individual differences basically says we're all physiologically different and chemically different. And like, we're all just, everybody's body they, they operate kind of the same way, but everybody has their own quirk where things overcompensate or undercompensate for other things. So like there is no end all be all fucking like roadmap yep. that's going to work for a bulk or a cut. It's yep. honestly going to take some experimenting on your part. And I know people don't like to hear that they're going to have to do some work, but if it's fucking worth it to you, it's worth the fucking work. If it's important to you, you'll yeah. figure out how to do it. Yeah. It's not that hard. You, it's one of those things where you get to the point where you're about ready to pull your fucking hair out and then it all makes sense. <laughs> yes. It, it's literally, it literally is like that. Mm-hmm. The light bulb just comes on one day or you see something or you just felt really good that day because you mixed and matched something a little bit differently and you're like, holy shit, now I'm good. And yeah. then you're off running. Yep. You are off running and you're, you're good at that yeah. point. And always make sure that you have snacks in your bag when you leave the Louder house. for the people in the back. Always make sure you have snacks. You should always have snacks, snacks in your bag, period. Period. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to take an entire Costco or rotisserie chicken in your fucking bag or anything I mean, like do, that. I, guess, I mean, I've ripped a Costco chicken apart in the parking, <laughs> in the parking lot, lot in my car with my bare hands before. <laughs> with my bare hands. I'm that person. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to take a Costco chicken with you everywhere you go. But um, make sure you do have some snacks in your bag that are good snacks, like yeah. almonds, um, jerky, Stuff mm-hmm. that's got good protein, stuff that's a little carby and fatty too, though, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to be taking stuff to the gym, because nothing makes you more fucking pissed off than being hangry while you're finishing running errands or being hangry because you forgot snacks before you went to the gym. Oh, you know what sucks? My God. The worst workout <laughs> ever so is the workout when you left your intra and pre-workout snacks at home. Oh. And I'm That's totally, such a frustrating and pissed, like uh, you're just pissed off the whole fucking workout. I was and totally, maybe you have a good workout yeah. that day just because you're pissed off, but you're also trying to hurry the fuck through it because you don't want to pass out. Yeah. Cause you feel weak. Yes. And every time you stand up from putting that deadlift down, you fucking you're white like, out for a minute. Cool. I was totally the person at my gym, um, that had snacks all the time. I, I just all love snacks anyway, but snacks are great. Yes, snacks save lives. Snacks save lives. And if you're, if you're one of those people that can't eat a ton in one sitting, snacks are going to be your best friend anyway. Mm-hmm. You got to have that stuff with you. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things too, where if you put your snacks, if you, if you're stuck, there's another thing, your stomach decides that it's hungry at different times than other people. Mm-hmm. Sasha can wake up in the morning and smash a breakfast right away. I cannot. I don't eat usually for the first. I got to have that morning poop first. Even then, <laughs> and then, even and then, then I can eat. <laughs> I, I am liquids, strictly liquids usually for like the first hour to hour and a half that I'm awake. Because if I eat anything, my stomach is like, yo, I'm not ready for this yet. I'm, like I'm not awake. starving after being awake for an hour. I am not that person. Like, 
Like I still Famished haven't eaten. It's, it's one o'clock and I still haven't eaten lunch yet. I've eaten twice. Yeah. Three times. I, I had a three times. I had a fruit by the foot <laughs> before we recorded. Five but this is the thing. This and this is where I was getting yeah. at. This is what I was getting at. Your schedule is going to be different than other people's. Mm. I eat a lot more later in the day mm. because I'm a night owl. I don't go to bed usually till two or three AM. Sasha's getting up at five. And I'm in bed at like nine. Yeah. So <laughs> your schedule is going to differ just like um, how many times a day you eat mm-hmm. is going to differ. You might find that you're hungrier later at night. That's okay. Yeah. Get your That's calories totally in. Fine. Get your calories in. If that means smashing a fucking lasagna, not a whole one, but oh, maybe God. half late at night. Because that's when you're hungry, then do it. You might have wicked dairy shits when you wake up in the morning. You might, but, yes. but not everybody's affected True. by dairy God, the same that. either. I you miss, know, I miss when I wasn't. I'm one of those people where like, I got to have a ton of snacks yeah. and they have to be strictly my snacks because if my family gets into my snack cupboard, again, people will go missing. I'm telling you, do snacks save lives? They really do. They do. But you're, you're totally right. Like I, my first meal of the day, I'm eating by probably seven in the morning after I've worked out and all of that uh-huh. stuff. And I'm like famished at that point. And then about two hours later, I need a snack. And then and about I, two hours, probably yeah. an hour sometimes. I, I eat frequently to the point that everyone thinks that that's all I do <laughs> is just eat all the time. I mean, when you're doing high level work, you need to support your body's functions by giving it fuel. So, yeah. I mean, we kind of do eat a lot. Yeah. But, but don't like beat yourself up just because of how you're eating on a bulk looks totally different from somebody else. Yeah, you don't you don't need to beat yourself matter. up for that. It that doesn't matter. Um I also don't because I don't eat for the first like 2 hours of my day. I don't want anybody to like construe that as an endorsement for intermittent fasting because intermittent fasting is bullshit. Oh, um yeah. I just if you don't eat for the first hour or two, I drink coffee in the morning. I drink water. I'm consuming calories and hydrating. Yeah. But I'm not eating. Um and that's just always how I've been. I've always, I've been like yeah. that since I was a kid. Yeah. Like it's not a new thing. It's not a stress thing. It's not like anything I've been doing differently. My body has always been like that. Yeah. Um, so if you're like that too, cool, you're normal. Like yeah. there's someone else out there that's like you. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, don't construe my whole spiel about, you know, sometimes your stomach doesn't work right away in the day as an endorsement for intermittent fasting. Intermittent yeah. fasting sucks. So the next part of this is the training that goes into bulking. Super important, but it's another one of those things that's like a plug and play. Like, what are you going to stick with consistently? Um, you can pair your bulk with any style of lifting, really. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that you like best, but we're real big fans of hypertrophy lifting while bulking. They're AKA, not- you're going to hear people call it hypertrophy. Like, there's a couple different ways it's announced yeah. in American English. Just And we're differently. Yeah. We pronounce it differently. We do. Um, they were, they're not mutually exclusive by any means, but they do work really nicely together. So what is hypertrophy? I'm going to have to reteach myself that <laughs> because it's one of those things where, like, I read it in a book so many times. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hypertrophy. Oh no, it's hypertrophy. It's like when you see the name Penelope for the first time and you think it's Penelope and then you learn that it's not Penelope. That's what's happening in my brain right now. So if I say it wrong and I fuck it up, it's because I'm relearning how to say it. <laughs> fuck it, Penelope. Anyway, hyper- I was so spun after that. I was like, what do you mean her name's Penelope? It's Penelope. And they're like, no. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it is not. Okay. Hi- hypertrophy is an increase in growth of muscle cells. So in regards to training, hypertrophy is going to increase your muscular size through exercise, mm. aka lifting heavy shit is going to be the best way to achieve this. I love lifting heavy shit. Um, and we'll dig way Even deeper. if y'all on TikTok think we're small bitches because you're <laughs> yeah. asshole beta males. Don't give a fuck. We love lifting Don't heavy shit. Don't give a shit about your opinion. We could probably lift heavier um, shit than you. <laughs> we'll be digging way deeper into what hypertrophy 
ideas like all encompassingly yes. in a couple of weeks. So we're just going to give you the basics today. There are three main components to hypertrophy. Yes. The first one's mechanical tension. So that's the force that's placed on your muscles during your lifts. Um, when there's enough to overload, that's what when the magic happens. Mm. It dam- damages your muscle fibers. And uh, when you pair that with proper rest and recovery, which is the anabolic part uh-huh. of building muscle, Y'all on TikTok that don't like to hear that you should be taking two or three rest days a week. You should be because your muscle gains will be better. Mm -hmm. Um, That'll mean muscle growth. So you want to make sure that you are doing enough work to damage those muscle fibers. Because that's a very important, that is the most important component. Yeah, you want to break them down. Yep. Muscle damage happens when training is intense enough to produce muscle damage. So like little tears in the muscle. Yeah. The damage causes an inflammatory response that promotes muscle growth. Yes. That's one of those things where you, the, that's one of those weird things where the definition is what, like, right. yeah, you can't it explain it any it different is. than that. You can't, muscle damage happens when your muscle tears, like yes. that's, that's it. Um, and it happens when you work out, like, don't be alarmed when you hear that your muscles are going to tear. There's micro tears that happen in your muscles every time you lift weights. That's yeah. what you want. That's, that's how right. it becomes bigger and stronger. Yes. Um, the last component's metabolic stress. So as we train our body, it builds up stuff called lactate. Um, mm-hmm. And that can signal a couple couple different responses in your body to promote hypertrophy. Um, lactate, also lactic acid, is what's going to make your muscles sore in a workout. Yes. So um, when you feel shitty and you hear the words lactic acid flushing, like if you get a lot of soreness in your legs after you lift heavy, go ride the bike for a second. Flush mm-hmm. that shit out. Um, Foam roll. Foam Break roll. up the lactic acid. Yes. Um, there are a lot of different things you can do. Uh, yep. We should probably do a whole episode about doing that as well. Season Fuck two. Yeah. Thank, thank God we just started season two because we have a million Wide fucking ideas. Wide open spaces. <laughs> okay. So what does hypertrophy? Uh, what does a hypertrophy lifting plan look like for you? Mm. That's going to depend on the type of lifting that you choose or that you enjoy the most. We're talking strictly about rep schemes right now, and one not one rep maxes. Uh, so this doesn't account for periodization. We've already covered that. If you'd like to revisit that after you're done listening to this and check out what that exactly means, it's in episode 50. Yeah, so this is, um, we are suspending the whole periodization thing. We're yes. going to talk about lifting in a vacuum right now because yeah. we are trying to aim this towards beginners, um, not more experienced people. But yep. if you are experienced and you still don't know how to bulk, you're going to benefit from this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about different styles of workouts. This is, again... We are Broad suspending. We are brush. suspending periodization. We are we are talking about this in general terms for beginners right now. Yeah. Um, so what we're gonna the different kind of lifting. Yeah exercises look like because beginner programming obviously is going to look different than something say Sasha and I are going to do Mm -hmm. being having we've done this for you know almost five six years yeah so if you're doing bodybuilding workouts you want to build your workouts to be two or three sets um 10 to 15 reps covering all the places that you want to add mass don't forget though to be well-rounded and still hit those spots that might need might not need as much help um but do them anyway because you're bulking um, especially if it's a bigger muscle group, like if you have big thighs already and you don't want to put much more mass on them, still oh, do boy. your work. I definitely still. Want I mean, mass, fucking mine are huge. <laughs> thick thighs save lives. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, you you want to make sure that you're not neglecting those areas because, especially if it can be done with a compound lift, because mm-hmm. compound lifts are really good for your body and they yep. work a lot of muscle groups, and that's a great way to burn calories and a great way to add mass. Yes. Um. So squats, deadlifts, um, chest press, standing overhead rate or you're standing uh shoulder press yeah military presses stuff like that um 
And spoiler alert, every workout move is a core move. Just yeah. everything uses Case your core. You so make sure you're engaging that. <laughs> um, you want to be well-rounded. Make sure to actually challenge yourself with how many supersets you're doing within your workout because you are eating extra calories. So make those sessions good. Um, I would say probably add two or three more supersets to your general workout when you're bulking. Yeah. So if you only do, if you do like six supersets, so you have 12 movements, I'd say add two or three more supersets yeah. in there. Or add more sets. Or just add more sets. Yeah. yeah to you your art, like if you're, instead of doing two to three sets, maybe you do six. Yeah. Um, CrossFit's also another good option. 15 to 20 minutes of dedicated ex- accessory work po- post-session covering traps, delts, buys, tries, and other major, major muscle groups excuse me, over three to four days a week is sufficient to help your muscles build or hit hypertrophy. Yeah. Aim for set or rep schemes of three to five sets of eight to 12 reps for that accessory work. Yes. You're going to hear us repeat accessory work through like the rest of us describing the different lifting options. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, important. so when we say post-session for CrossFit, we're talking about after class. So yeah. if you are like, if you take CrossFit class, stay for like 20 minutes after and just do some bodybuilding shit. It doesn't yep. have to be two hours worth. It can be 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, you gave your body a good fucking workout during CrossFit class. Yeah. And there is more evidence coming out now um, that says that, hypertrophy training is super beneficial for CrossFit athletes, especially if you're a competitive CrossFit athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm glad to see that the bridge is kind of coming between bodybuilding and CrossFit because yeah. those are two sides that fucking just don't like each other. And God damn it, we can all get along. <laughs> um, Amen. So, uh, yeah, you can do extra stuff after class. And again, yeah, you don't have to go crazy. Three to five sets, eight to 12 reps. And especially if you did a lot of Olympic lifting in your CrossFit wad that day, be nice to your legs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Olympic lifting, since we just talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. Olympic lifters constantly train to build up the heaviest one rep max you can pull on that competition platform. But like CrossFit, you don't have to do a shit ton of dedicated accessory work mm-hmm. because training Olympic lifts is already pretty great for building mass. Yeah. Um, all those compound movements, it's awesome for your body. So you're looking at like 15 to 30 minutes of dedicated accessory work post-session covering mainly upper body muscles. Um, Olympic lifting is a shit ton of legs. So make sure you keep that in mind with all of your accessory lifts because you're using your legs in every fucking Olympic lift you do. Every Olympic lift you All do starts with a deadlift. Yep. This sure does. I just did that shit this morning. It's a deadlift that transitions into a fucking squat. Yep. It's a and lot the of And the squat legs. is either an overhead squat or a front squat. Yep. So um, keep that in mind. And Be nice to your quads. If you're doing overhead stuff that day, make sure that you probably don't do upper back stuff that day. If you're doing overhead stuff that day, do core. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. And like glutes. Yeah. Something light. Yeah. Calf raises. I was just going to say calf raises. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Power lifting. Power lifters are like the Olympic lifters um, in the scenario. Compound lifts are fucking awesome for muscle gains. Yes, they are. Um, Their rep schemes are going to differ from the rest of our examples that we've given so far because they train for a heavy, heavy one rep max at competition. There's room for accessory work, but you can spread it out over three to four days for 15 to 20 minutes a day because power lifters do a lot of pulling. Yes, they do. A lot. Yes, they do. If you're a power lifter and you're not using hypertrophy training in some capacity, you fucking should. Yeah, I mean, I feel like any any competitive strength athlete should be working hypertrophy training into their daily regimen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to make you a better athlete. It's going to make you more solid. Yeah. Um, 
which I have found is something that you really need, especially in CrossFit and Olympic lifting, Mm. because Mm. there is a lot of dynamic motion that happens in both of those sports and you have to be able to keep your fucking balance. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Powerlifting. Powerlifting is like the biggest exception, but they're not. And it's like, so a typical powerlifting workout, you're probably going to do like a lot of deadlift pulls. Mm -hmm. You're going to do some probably not on the same day, but you're going to do a lot of squats. Mm-hmm. You're going to do a lot of chest press variations and just bench pressing because those are squat bench dead. That's what you do at a powerlifting meet. Yep. Um, so they, they focus on those three big lifts and some people, yes, they do their accessory work. Bama Burr, bet your ass she was doing all her fucking accessory work. Yeah. But some people don't. And if you're not, you could really benefit from it. We yeah. say it all the time. Do your bitch work. Yeah. I think it makes you a more well-rounded athlete. Oh, it does. Um, just to, you're, you're like the complete package at that point. And it's really good for like your posture. Because yes. everybody's body, this is another thing about the law of individual differences that we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks when we talk more about hy- hypertrophy after I fucking beat <laughs> that pronunciation of the word into my brain because I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about that, but... Like you are unique and I'm not saying that in like a, you're a special fucking snowflake sort mm-hmm. of a deal to like make you feel special. And I know like being disingenuous about it, but you are unique. You are yourself. Your body is different than everybody else on this planet. Yeah. It runs differently. It functions differently. And like we all have imbalances. So yeah. the biggest part of hypertrophy training that benefited me was my posture. Yeah. Like my pot, it just still sucks sometimes, especially if you watch us on fucking TikTok, you'll see me like hunched over my, my computer on my table, but it used to be a lot worse. I used to walk and my shoulders would be just slumped mm-hmm. all the time. I looked like I had a hunchback. Um, that doesn't happen anymore because I did my bitch work. I did my lifts correctly and my back and my shoulders are strong enough. My muscles are strong enough to hold yeah. my fucking shoulders up now. Well, no, it doesn't just, I mean, it. Posture is a, obviously an added benefit, but when you're looking at, like, especially with Olympic lifting, if you don't do your accessory work, you don't have um, the uh, accessory muscles helping you yes. out to be able to do the lifts properly. Yeah. And if you're and not doing the lifts properly, then what are we doing here? The posture part, though, plays into a lot of Olympic lifting, too, because yes. you have to make sure that your back is very straight and that your yep. shoulders are back. And I think that was what really solidified good posture for me. Like, dude, I really... Maddie Rogers, if you ever find us on social media, we would love to have you on the podcast because I want to nerd about all this shit with you. Like, posture. Yep. How, how did your posture have to change to become a good fucking Olympic weightlifter? Like, Olympic weightlifting is really fucking difficult. Mm-hmm. It looks super easy because it's only two lifts, but there's a lot that goes into those two lifts and they're not easy. Yeah. Um, so, make sure you're doing your bitch work. It doesn't matter if you're a bodybuilder, if you're a crossfitter, if you're a powerlifter, if you're an Olympic weightlifter. Do your bitch work. It will benefit you. It's not the most fun thing, I know. But hey, don't we all love being able to rip off 20 fucking bicep curls and then stand in the mirror and be like, yeah, yeah. except for I'm small. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. I don't have biceps. <laughs> anyway. Fuck that dude on the internet, by the way. Uh, anyway, meatheads, go forth in bulk. Do it. It's easy. Yes. Er, now that you have yeah. all the information. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have any other questions, you can find us on our socials. We're at Meathead Test Kitchen everywhere except for Twitter. Uh, we're MTK staff on the shithole that is Twitter. Mm. Just stay away from Twitter. There's nothing good happening there right now. <laughs> I'm there all day. Uh, you can always shoot I us an email as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
You shouldn't, and trust me, you have, you have far too many things going on in your day to be fucking around with Twitter right now. It's a fucking shit show. Shoot us an email, hello at me at testkitchen.com. Uh, we've been getting a lot of emails lately. People have been asking questions about training, about nutrition. People want to know when they can train with us. Spoiler mm. alert, soon. Yeah. Um, details coming for that, so make sure you follow us on social media. Yes, keep your peepers open. See. Grab some MTK fucking merch from yeah. our shop. Do it. Shop at her.media.com. Um, there's a drop down link right at the top. We're right underneath that. Or we have a link on our website. You yes. can get hoodies, hats, stickers, anything that you can think of. We pretty much have in our short, our store. Yeah. So fall is here almost. Yes. So it's almost hoodie and beanie season and we got you. Rock that meathead test kitchen merch wherever you go. Yes. Until next week. Be nice to each other. Please. Meathead test kitchen. Out. Join Out. Sadie and Sasha. Every Monday, helping to make your fitness and nutrition journey suck less. MTK. A Huda Media Production.